know that he's faithful through it all. Amen. Amen. Ain't you glad to know that through everything, God's been faithful to you? Yes. He's going to continue to be faithful to you. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this evening. Amen. I said, give the Lord some better praise off of Bibles, you can begin to turn to Revelation 3, verse 20. Revelation 3, verse 20. When you get there, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Revelation 3, verse 20. We're going to look at the second message that Christ gives to all the seven churches. Revelation 3, verse 20, right here. The word of the Lord says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. No, notice that right there. If any man hear my voice, implying it is telling us that the Lord is speaking. That God is speaking. And, but people's got a responsibility to do one thing. What is that? Hear. 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 Him. And that's simply what I want to speak on tonight. He that had an ear. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, and we lift you up, dear God, and exalt you this evening, Lord. We ask for your anointing. We ask for your blessings. And we ask for your spirit to flow, dear God, tonight, Lord. Let our ears be open that we hear what you're saying. Let us become so sensitive to your spirit that, that we, we tune everything out and only we listen to you, oh God, tonight, Lord. We honor you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. We pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. You know, uh, last, I mean, started talking last Wednesday night on the three common messages that were given that Jesus give to all of the seven churches. Last Wednesday night, I talked about how Jesus, you told each church, I know your works. In other words, there was nothing that gets by him. There was nothing that was hidden in front from the Lord, if you will. That he knew exactly where they were. He knew exactly what they were doing right. And he knew what they were doing wrong. He knew what they were going through. There was nothing that was hidden from God. He knew exactly where he was. For example, I mentioned Sardis last Wednesday night. And when you look at the Sardis church, we remember that Sardis had a reputation of being alive. Through that reputation in the community, that reputation around that it was an alive church. But yet Jesus knew that they were not alive. Jesus said, you've got a reputation of being alive, but the reality is, Sardis, you're dead. See, it didn't matter what the rest of the world was saying. It didn't matter what everybody else was saying. It mattered what the, the head of the church, the Lord, the, oh, the head shepherd of the church said, and he told Sardis that they were dead. You see, it told me that Jesus seen right through 
their mask. He seen right through their, their outfit, their facade, if you will. But he told though every church right here, he knew their works. But it brings me to the second one tonight that I want to deal with that he told every church in the book of Revelation. These seven churches. He, that message was, he that had an ear, let him hear. In Revelation 2 and 7, verse 11, verse 17, verse 29. Then in Revelation 3, verse 6 and verse 13 and verse 22. We see the statement being made by the Lord. Let him that had an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Each and every congregation was admonished with this particular message. And I believe tonight that God is still telling His church, He that had an ear, listen, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Let's understand there were two key elements right here that you need to get a hold of in this repeated statement, if you will. First of all, he who has an ear refers, it has to do with people having the ear of inclination to listen. In other words, there's a lot of people that's got ears, but they don't listen. Hello? In other words, I guarantee you these church, that, that's what he was saying. Incline your ear to hear what I'm telling you. In other words, there's a lot of people today that you can preach to, but they still will not hear you. There's a lot of times you can preach message after message, and they it'll go in this here and out the other ear. They don't have an ear, their, their ear is not inclined to hear the word of God. But Jesus was telling these churches. Get your ear inclined to hear what I am about to say. What the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. And the second thing you need to understand. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In other words, it ain't just anyone talking. It is the Spirit of God that is the one doing the speaking. He is the one that is delivering the message. In other words, you need to incline your ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And if I were to tell the church world tonight that I would say this, we need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. If I were to tell each and every one of you tonight, I would give you the same message. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Tune out these other things that try to draw your attention away and hear what God is saying. In 2022 is the same message that I'm, I'm going to tell everybody. Quit listening to what the world is saying. Quit listening to the roar of the devil and just start hearing what the Spirit of God is saying tonight. Ain't you going to incline your ear to hear what God's message is? In these seven churches, God had a message to these churches. I'll just tell you five of these messages had five 
these churches heard the word repent or else. In other words, the Spirit of God was telling them they need to get some things in order tonight. Amen? You hear me this evening. But you see, many don't want to incline their ear to hear what God's Word is saying. They don't want to hear thus said the Lord anymore. They don't want to hear a message from God anymore. They'd rather hear a soothsaying message that pleases them. That lets them live any old way they want to live. They don't want to hear a message that Jesus is coming again. But they want to hear a message they can live any old way they want and not have to worry about him showing up. They don't want to hear a message about hell anymore because most people say don't want to believe in a place called hell. But I want you to know today that that place called hell is real. And I want you to know tonight that Jesus Christ is coming again. You see, we're in a generation that don't want to incline their ear to hear thus said the Lord. They don't want to incline what the Spirit of God is saying. My Lord, they want a soothsaying message that pleases them. They want a message that will tickle them. It won't move them. It won't challenge them. They don't preach on the attributes of God. They don't preach on the holiness of God. They only want to preach on the love of God. But how many know God is love? God is holy. And God does judge. Hello? They don't want to hear salvation messages preached anymore. Huh? All because most people think huh, that they're all going to heaven today. Huh? Well, I got news for you. The Bible still saying, still the same message. Huh? A man uh, must be born again. Huh? A man may, must be born again. Did you hear me? To enter into the kingdom of God. Huh? But people want to hear a prosperity gospel huh? that teaches that they're going to get rich by sending some preacher a thousand dollars. Let me tell you, the only one that's getting rich is that charlatan you're sending it to. Hello? Oh, there was, there's one that's on television selling these boot packs to survive the tribulation period. There's one, he said, the only place that is safe from the wrath of God is on his property in Missouri. Let me tell you, he's up to his same old tricks again. Let me tell you right now, let me tell you, you can have property in Missouri, but it ain't safe from the Almighty today. But I'm telling you, people want to hear this message of a prosperity. Give me a $10,000, you'll get $10,000 in return. Well, I got news for you. That is not the word of God. I want you to know right here that Jesus thought they had the plenty of riches. But you know what? He told them that they're lacking the one thing that they needed. They didn't have him. Let me tell you. You can have $10 million in the bank account. If you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. Did you hear me? You can have the biggest cathedral around. You can have the fullest church around. But the Spirit of God ain't there. Can I tell you, you ain't got nothing but just a gas social gathering going on right there. But people don't want to incline their ear to hear what God 
is saying, I want you to know tonight that God is more concerned about man's spiritual condition than he is their physical condition. Hello? Hello, man? God's more concerned about your spiritual condition than your physical condition. Hello? See, you can't get that through people. Through people's head, they think God should be more concerned about their physical. No, God's more concerned about the spiritual than he is the physical. You get the spiritual took care of, I'm convinced everything else will prosper according to the word of God. But yet, people don't want to incline their ear. Many churches don't want to incline what God is saying. They don't want to really receive the word of God. You see, there's people that don't want to really receive the, the word of God. You can find this in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And no doubt you can find it today where people do not want to receive. They refuse to listen to the word of God. Listen today. I, I wish we could get people convinced that their time on earth is short. But you can't get people convinced of that. Hello? Because you can't get people convinced of hell. They're not going to listen. Because most people think they got plenty of time. But I want you to know what the reality is. Many don't want to receive the word of God. They refuse it. They close their ears to the words of God. Jeremiah 6 and 10 says, To whom shall I speak? And give warning that they may hear. Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, that they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach, and they have no delight in it. You see, the Lord was seeking right here in Jeremiah's day. He was seeking someone in Judah, a physician that would listen to him. Whether they would have been a silver, ser a silver servant or a priest, and that they could avoid judgment tragically of all the many hundreds or even thousands of people in such position, none could be found. The real tragedy is most, if not all, in that position probably claimed to know the Lord. Truth is, Many still claim to know the Lord, but the reality, only a few really do know God. Hello? Right. Only a few really know who He is. Did you hear me tonight? Only a few really know. You talk to many people in the world. Most people will tell you they know the Lord, but the reality is, that's not right. right. The reality, few really know Him. They know, they know about Him, but they don't know Him. Hello, Jesus said it like this. Jesus said there'd be many on that day saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? Have we not cast out devils in your name? And these many wonderful works, he never denied the works. But he will say to them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. Hello. He said there would be many in that day. But the reality is the Bible describes these people in Judah as their ear as, un, as their ear is uncircumcised. The re, this, this is reason for their spiritual impotence. Because of the law of Moses, 
the people were uns they were circumcised physically, but they were not circumcised spiritually. In other words, that means their entire walk was a profession only. You know, the New Testament tells us that many have a profession, but they don't have a possession of it. They deny him in their walk. They deny him in their works and deeds. You remember I told you last couple weeks that Jesus, well, our good works should shine. I mean, our light is our good works that gives glory unto the Father. See, but many tonight, they know who he is in their head, but they don't know him in their heart. They've never had an encounter with Jesus. They've never had an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And this is the reason they could not hearken really. Because their hearts were hard, stubborn, and cold, if you will. And their ears were uncircumcised as well. Because the word of the Lord was a reproach unto them. Reproach means it was a discredit. It was a disgrace, and it was, and they had great contempt for the Word of God, just like many today. My Lord, many think they ain't got them. Listen, they reproach the Word of God today. Many don't want to hear the Word of God. Many throw out the Word of God, mock the Word of God. But I want you to know the Word of God is still true today. I want you to know this Bible is still true tonight. I want you to know what it talks about. Heaven and hell is still a reality tonight. What he, what he says about salvation is still a reality tonight. Then what he says about the soul that sinneth shall die is still a reality tonight. What the Bible says about Jesus coming again is still a reality tonight. Listen tonight. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God shall never pass away this evening. Did you hear me? The word of God is going to stand forever. Amen. But people don't want to incline their ear to hear for the word of God. Maybe that's the reason God told Ezekiel and I sought for a man among them who should make up the hedge and stand in the gap for me for the land that I should destroy it but I found up Understand God searched the land, but he couldn't find none. God was probably calling, but no one would hear him. Ain't that something? I sought for a man that I should destroy the land. But I couldn't find nobody. It ain't what the God called. It's just people didn't want to incline their ears. To hear the word of God. See another prophet, Old Testament prophet. Had the same issue. In Zechariah 11 and 12. But they that refused to hearken. And pulled away their shoulders. And stopped their ears. That they should not hear. Yes they made their hearts as an adamant stone. Least they should hear the law. And the words of the Lord of hosts had sent in his spirit by the former prophet. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. In other words, I remember growing up as a child, there would be times in the church, here's what I would do where I would hear the preacher. 
I take both fingers, stick one in this ear and one in this ear to try to tune them out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Listen, I didn't want to hear what they were saying, so if a tongue's and interpretation would go, I said, well, it won't get to me. I'll stick one finger here and one finger here or both hands over here that I don't have to listen. In other words, this is what Zechariah said they were doing. The reality is they were stopping their ears up where they didn't have to hear what God was saying. Have you ever been in a conversation? You've been talking about God witnessing and they're trying to change the conversation where they all of a sudden get hasty and fight for attitude. Let me tell you something. That's what you call some conviction right there. Listen, what they do, they don't want to hear what God's saying. True. It ain't that God ain't speaking to them. They try to change the conversation because they don't want to hear what God is saying. Right. They're trying to stop their ears. Or they try to move it on to something else. The reality is God speaking. But people ain't listening. Many of the churches are stopping their ears to hear thus said the Lord. They want to hear it. They don't want to hear what God said. It's the problem today, listen. It ain't that God is not speaking because we know that God is speaking. Right. How is God speaking? Let me just tell you, we've got the Word of God. The Bible speaks through the Bible. How many know He speaks through the Holy Spirit? Yeah. And I believe He can appear to appear and speak to that heart. I believe He speaks through pastors. Evangelists, yeah. teachers, speak to a soul. We know that God, it ain't that God's not speaking. That's not the problem. The problem is people ain't listening today. You know, Ava said it like this, then there'd be a day where there come a famine in the land. A famine of the hearing of the what? Word, Word of God. And I thought about this. You know, maybe... A lot of people think, well, it ain't being preached. No, I'm thinking more, maybe, on this way. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm thinking more. It ain't that the Word of God ain't going to be preached. It's just people ain't inclining their ear to hear the Word of God. They're not inclining their ear to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. It ain't that God ain't speaking. You're going to see during the tribulation God speaking. Hello? When the church is gone, God's still going to be speaking. Yeah. How? First of all, we know there's going to be an angel that's going around constantly declaring the word of God in that time. Yeah. We know there's going to be two witnesses yeah. True. that will be on the scene for a space of three and a half years. That will be declaring the word of God who I personally believe Enoch and Elijah. <coughs> but there's a lot of Debate to that. We'll just leave it there. They're going to trouble the Antichrist. And one day the Antichrist is going to kill them. And the world is going to celebrate. Let me tell you something. Right now. 10, 20 years ago this wouldn't be possible for the whole world to see this. But you know you got these phones. You got watches now. That makes us, and satellites everywhere makes this all possible for the whole world to see this. Not yet the mention where we're going into virtual reality. That is becoming an own stage theme. Anybody been hearing about that? Where you put these glasses on, it takes you into it. Listen, you know, that third day, 
God's going to resurrect those prophets and catch them up into heaven. But there's also those 144,000 Jewish witnesses there that have spread the gospel for a time being. God's word is still going to go forth during that time. But the Bible says many people, most of them, will not repent of their sorceries and shake their fists in the face of God and blaspheme God. There's going to be those that will come to the Lord during the tribulation because there's going to be martyrs in that time period. Hello? The gospel will go forth. The reality is many people are not inclined to hear what God is saying. They're stopping their ears. They're closing their ears up. Jesus told us what? Like this. We'll go here just a minute. Reality is most don't want to hear a message. Ain't it something? You can sit through a two-hour ball game. Let me tell you, Sunday night, I did my message. Let me tell you, after the first few plays, I switched it off. It wasn't going the way off. I got better things to do than watch them blow it and stuff like that. But I, I've noticed most people can sit through a movie or a ball game for two hours. But how many can sit through an hour sermon once a week? A message from God. You know, I think sometimes many churches don't have the power of God to capture somebody's attention. But yet, sometimes it's just where the heart's at too. But I'll tell you, people don't want to hear the Word of God. But if we're going to hear the Word of God, and we're going to hear what the Spirit says, We've got to position ourselves to hear it. We've got to tune our ear to hear what God is saying. And that's your responsibility. Hello to hear God's word. See, I can't make you hear it. All I'm responsible to do is proclaim it. You're responsible for taking it. These churches right here, they were hearing what the Spirit was saying. They were told but it was up to them to incline their ear to hear what the Spirit was saying. Listen, but most people today will disregard the Word of God. And what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, verses 24 and 25, And he said unto him, Take heed what you hear. In what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you, what, who hears shall more be given. For he who has to him shall be given, and he who has not from him shall be taken, even that which he has. See, I believe what we can get right here is simply you can receive from the Word of God by your attention to the Word of God, by what you hear from the Word of God. Hello, what you benefit based on how it is taught. The way you incline your ear to hear the Word of God, you can benefit from it, or you cannot benefit. You can go to greater degrees of what you gain from the Word of God. Hello. See, Jesus, what he was saying to these seven churches was simply about having an ear to hear. It goes back to what Jesus had already taught. What is that message? That if we are to be truly influenced, impacted, and transformed, we've got to value his Word and be committed to obeying his word. Jesus said it many times. He that loved me 
will keep my commandments. Remember, there's one scripture that says, how can you call me Lord and not do the things that which I ask you to do? Hello, we're going to strive to keep the word of God. See, we're going to walk in a way that pleases God, if you will. And we, we need to diligently listen to what God is saying to us. And do it with an attitude of respect and obedience. Listen, I'm not going to tell you to listen to that clown in the White House. Well, I'm not. He comes on. I'm going to tell you what I do. Him or Dr. Fauci come on. I flip the channel. I'm not listening to one of their speeches. Heard a little tits and dads, but I don't sit and listen. Don't pay no attention. But when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, let me tell you, we better pay some attention to what he says. We better value his word. When the word of God is being preached, we need to value the word of God. Listen, top preaching time ain't a time to balance your checkbook. No, it's not. Preaching time ain't a time to be playing on Facebook. Hello. When the word of God is being preached, we need to be attentive. Because when the word's being preached, the spirit is speaking to the churches. When the word of God is being preached. But yet, we know what James, we've got too many hearers, but not doers of the word. we got too many people who sit back and they'll hear, but how many are really doers of the word of God? James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For beholds himself and goes his way straightway, forgets what manner of man he was. But whosoever looks into a perfect law of liberty and continues there, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in heed. The reason I'm convinced <laughs> many people ain't blessed is because they're not doers of the word. They're hearers of the word. Hello, they're hearers, but not doers. See, let me tell you, it's one thing that most, in other words, they're letting it go in here and letting it go out there. And you really hear it, and your ears really inclined. I'm convinced you're going to be a doer of the word. You're not just going to be a hearer of it that lets you go, let it go in. But, but when you you really grab a hold of the word. It's going to, you're going to, and you really hear it. It's going to take on the inside as well. It's going to be really inside of you. Very few doers of the word. 
See, the reality is today, most people are entirely unwilling to hear the Word of God. They want to hear everything else, but they're unwillingly want to hear the Word of God. Listen to what I'm telling you. The, word, the Bible is not fake news. These mainstream media and these social media things, can't, a lot of them are fake news. Right. Or they twist the story. But the word of God is straight. Right. It's never. It tells you not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. How many know that's what God, I told you last week, that's what God intends the pastor or the preacher, the evangelist, the teacher, the prophet, the to do, if you will, is to proclaim the word of God, not give people what they want to hear, but give people what they need to hear. And that brings me to another great problem today. Probably bigger than the one of the biggest problems in the church world is a lot of people got selective hearing. You know what? You know what selective hearing is? <laughs> Maybe some of us being know what it is. We only hear what we want to hear sometimes. Am I right? You only hear only certain parts what you want to hear. What sets good with you on your personal preferences. It's like me a lot of times. Man, I'll tell you. Here's how I do winners many times when I accomplish snow. Man, I pick the biggest forecast and go with it. I don't want to hear there's going to be one or two inches. I want to hear there's going to be 12 or 13, 14 plus inches. Anybody know what I'm talking about that? That's called selective hearing. It is. We've got, or when they're talking, remember listening to the talking heads. Oh, sports, they're talking about how, you know, the 49ers would beat the cow, and I don't want to hear that mess. You know what? I wasn't going to listen to it. I didn't want that to happen. That was selective hearing to me. But let me tell you, we may have selective hearing like that, but we better never have selective hearing when it comes to the Word of God. But a lot of people only want to hear the Word of God on certain aspects. For example, they want to have their personal preferences brought out to them. If it goes along with what they want to hear, they're going to amen you on all that. For example, if something in God's word blesses me, edifies me, encourages me, then I will accept it. On the other hand, if something in God's word rebukes me, corrects me, or challenges me, or pulls me out of my comfort zone, then I am not going to accept it. That is called selective hearing. You need to accept the word of God, whether it rebukes you or whether it blesses you. Hello? God's not going to tell you what you want to hear. You see, Ahab had prophets that would told him what he wanted to hear. Hello? He had some prophets that were yes men. You know, Jehoshaphat got into an alliance with Ahab. Jehoshaphat was a good king, but he got into an alliance with Ahab. And they were getting ready to go to war. Jehoshaphat grabbed a hold of something. He said, something ain't right here. 
these men, these prophets of Ahab, I believe they were 300, go to war, you're going to get a victory. Jehoshaphat knew something was not right. He said, I want to hear somebody that's going to tell me something else. There was one man that Ahab did not like that would tell him the truth. That was Micah. Anybody know that story? That's the one Ahab did not like. Why? Because he was the true prophet of God. And he did not tell Ahab what he wanted to hear. He told Ahab what he needed to hear. And we know the story how a lying spirit was upon, came upon uh, Ahab, uh, came upon Ahab and all that. We know how much the prophet said, you're going to get killed by it. Old Ahab tried to hide himself, disguise himself, but an arrow come through and killed him. Listen, let me tell you, in this day, I've told you before, some of these people that are proclaiming themselves to be prophets, you better take them with a grain of salt. Right. Hello, you remember last year, and I'm going to say this, and I'm not, and I'm going to say this strong right here. Last year, they, they were some saying, oh, Trump, we prophesied Trump be back in office in April. We prophesied he'll be back in June. We prophesied he'll be back in August. Has he got back in there yet? Hello, what does it make them false prophets? You better be careful. I believe they were telling people what they wanted to hear. I believe some of them, you know, I'm just going to tell you like that. They were doing saying it prophet. Listen, somebody hints, I'm going to be honest with you. I believe in the office of prophet. You hear me? I believe in the office of prophet. But I'll tell you this, I don't need somebody to tell me that they're a prophet for me to know they're a prophet. True. I like what Dottie Swagger said. Somebody comes up and tells me they're a prophet, I'm going to shake it off. I'm going to know it by the way what they get right. right. Hello. I'll tell you one man, he's in heaven, I believe, what did operate in that office. And that was David Wilkes. Yeah. Anybody remember him? Yeah. I believe he possibly operated in that office. And I believe there's more. But listen, there's these charlatans that want to tell you what you want and what will please to your flesh. But I want you to know tonight that when God spoke through the Old Testament prophets, it was a message of repentance. Yeah. You see, in Jeremiah's day, you know what? They hated his message. He was the only one that was prophesying the impending doom. While everybody else was prophesying good things. But how which prophet was right? It was Jeremiah. Let me tell you right now. You hear what I'm about to tell you tonight. People may not want to hear this tonight, but I'm going to tell you. Hey, you, it's not going to get better in this world as we know it right now. I don't care who is in office, and that don't say we don't vote right, and we stand for what's right, but I'm going to tell you it's not for the church. I'm looking for Christ to come. I'm not listening. We're here. We'll take part in the midterm elections and the 2024 elections. But I'll tell you what I'm looking, who I'm looking for to come before then. His name is Jesus today. This world ain't going to get no better until the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords comes back. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? Here's a word from God. 
you're going to see an increase in the, the prophecies being fulfilled. The increase in birth pains, if you will. It don't take a prophet to build, figure this out. Why? Because the word of God tells us tonight. You hear what I'm about to tell you. Hear what the Spirit of God says. That His return is imminent. But kid, better be ready. Be prepared. Be prayed up. Be looking. The days are getting darker. More evil is going to grow. The people's love are going to wax even colder. Disaster, wars, rumors of wars, famines, hidey, high-minded, traitors, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. How Lord is going to increase. But when you see there'll be waves, the seas will roar. Listen, the volcanoes will erupt, the earth will quake. Man, there'll be all kinds of things happening. But when you see, there'll be signs in the sun and the stars. But when you see all of these things, you can look up because of redemption. Draw it I don't want to hear what God's saying tonight. Listen, we better hear what God's saying. I believe God's saying time to burn out. We tell you in each of these seven churches of Asia Minor, Jesus specifically addresses hearing what. The Spirit is saying. This is significant. It shows that his, the Spirit is leading and empowering the church. You can read the book of Acts and you can see the Holy Spirit in both the personal lives and the corporate life of the believer. A.W. Tozer said these words. He said, if the Holy Spirit is withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we would do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. Think about that. Again, as Marcy gets ready to come on up here, Jesus has told these churches, and hear what the Spirit is saying. See, I wonder tonight, heaven has got the spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I remember a time people grasped the altar. But today in churches, the altar has been removed. They removed them from the churches. How many homes have got altars today? A place where they get alone with God. See, the message of the Spirit wasn't just, the Spirit wasn't just speaking to just be speaking. Some people will speak to just speak. But how many know when the Spirit spoke, He was speaking for a purpose. He had a message that needed to be heard. It was an important message. Let me tell you, the most important message you, a man will ever hear is the Word of God. Hello. Did you hear that? The most important message 
that you will ever hear is the word of God. Listen, it's important that we incline our ear. Have our spiritual ear inclined to hear the word of God. Don't let these other things drown us out from hearing what God's saying. Too often we get distracted with everything else, forget everything else, and hear what God is saying. And because I'm telling you, the most important message you'll get is the word of God. It's the most important message people in this world can hear is what God is saying. It's the most important message for the churches. This was an important message what the Spirit was saying to these churches. He wasn't just speaking to be speaking. When he speak, spoke, and when he does speak, it is for a purpose. There's reason for it. It's important. And if I were to say tonight, I would believe God was saying, he that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. In other words, heaven has got their ear. To incline your ear to hear the words of God. You can stand it here this evening. How many would say, Preacher, tonight? Preacher, tonight? I need to hear. I need to get my ear inclined to the Word of God. We all probably do, to be honest, to be more sensitive to the Spirit of God. Those that will tonight, how many would say, I want to hear you, O God? I want to hear what you're, let my ear be inclined to hear the word of God. I want to invite you to these altars tonight. This is where it starts. This is where it starts. Right here, hear what God's saying. He's speaking to you. We'll see those online Sunday morning.
that is coming. If you have your Bible, Joel chapter 2, beginning in verse 21 through verse 32, when you get there, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. The Word of the Lord says, Be not afraid. Let's go back to verse 21. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastors of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree, and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad, then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years the locusts had eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the pommel worm make my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Now let's go into verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit. Did you see that? Afterward, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants, upon the handmaidens in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire, and pillars of smoke. Volcanic eruptions right there is what that's talking about. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion in Jerusalem shall be delivered as the Lord had said. In the remnant whom the Lord shall call. I, I simply want to speak to you this morning on send down that Holy Ghost rain. Heavenly Father. This morning we lift you up, dear God, and we give you glory, God, and give you praise, dear God, today, Lord. We exalt you, dear God, today, Lord, and ask for your anointing, O oh God. Ask for your spirit, Lord, to be upon me, dear God, as I bring forth your word. Lord, let your spirit come in this house, reside in this house, and move upon your people this morning, O oh God. Feel those that need to be filled, dear God, this morning. Lord, touch this land, touch this community, dear God. Heal those that are sick in body this morning, oh God. Lord, we honor you, Lord, and we ask for your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. You see, this morning, if I were to tell you that we need anything in these days, and I'll tell you that we need rain, if you will. And my prayer is for it to fall in the church today. My prayer is for that rain to fall in this church today. I'm, I'm not talking about natural rain coming down. I'm, I'm talking about that spiritual rain. 
coming down. I, I'm talking about that Pentecostal rain that came down in the book of Acts. I don't know about you, but I still believe in the book of Acts this morning. Anybody else? I, I still believe God is pouring His Spirit out upon all flesh this morning. There'll be those that will say, I don't believe in that spiritual rain. Well, because you don't believe in it, don't mean it's no less real this morning. Amen? Then there'll be those that will say, Preacher, I've heard people say, that stuff is of the devil. And my reply to them when they talk about Pentecost of the devil is, well, if it, well, what would the devil give me something that's going to make me praise God? Amen? What would the devil make me want to dance for the Spirit of God? I want you to dance for God. Listen this morning. I, I want you to know that Pentecost is real. I, I want you to know the Holy Ghost is real this morning. I, like that old song goes, it's real. It's real, that Pentecostal blessing. It's real, but and I know that is real. You see, right here in the book of Joel, we see a promise. We see a promise that was given by God. We see a promise that was given in Old Testament times. What was that promise? That he would pour out his spirit that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. You see, we see the promise right here that here is what is coming. Now, didn't we see Joel tells us of that promise? Isaiah said these words in Isaiah 44 and 3. For I will pour up pour water upon him that is thirsty. And floods upon dry ground. I will pour out my spirit upon your seed and my blessings upon your offspring. Right there we see, even in the Old Testament, they showed that Pentecostal blessing come. It was prophesied in the Old Testament of that Pentecostal outpouring that would take place. And Jesus even told his disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, and before the Holy Ghost come, Jesus said, you need to wait, told those disciples, you need to tarry in Jerusalem, and you need to wait to that one that I told you was coming. To that one that Joel said that was coming. To that one that's going to pour, that, that one that Isaiah talked about today. Right there we see how Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit of God, is recorded even in the Old Testament. My Lord, let me tell you, how many believe that outpouring is real this morning? How many believe in the evidence of speaking with tongues as the Spirit gives the evidence? How many believe for that power to witness this morning? How many believe for Him to come all over you this morning? You see, listen here this morning, saints of God. The church needs to grab a hold of the promise that was 
you today. But I want you to know it's more than just a promise that was given. But Pentecost was a promise that was fulfilled. Did you hear me? I said Pentecost was a promise that was fulfilled. The outpouring of the Spirit. In Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Listen right here. And they appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Right there you go. That Pentecostal experience is real. You read on down. People begin to mock what was happening right then and there. People took notice of what was taking place with those that had been in that upper room. And they begin to laugh and say, these people are drunk. But how many know what Peter stood up and said? These people ain't drunk like you think they are. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In other words, Peter was saying that this is the promise that was given to us in the Old Testament. This is the promise what the prophets of old had told us to come. This is the promise. This is the promise that has been fulfilled. Our Lord, ain't you glad to know that Holy Ghost has came? Amen. Ain't you glad to know that you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Ain't you glad to know that God has given you power this morning? Ain't you glad to know that the Comforter has come? Ain't you glad to know the Helper is here this morning? Ain't you glad to know He is right there beside no matter what I walk through, no matter the battle I go through and what I'm facing, I've got the promise of the Comforter. I've got the promise of the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen. But many don't want to see the promise of the Holy Ghost. But I want to show you something this morning. Joel spoke of the promise of the coming of the Spirit. But Joel also compared the coming of the Spirit to the early rain and the latter rain. But I think it's important for me to say this again. That when everybody's saved, the Holy Spirit, when you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. He's in weather. But when you're baptized, He's overflowing through you. You can look in the book of Acts and see that it's a separate experience. Because they were believers in Ephesus have not heard of the Holy Ghost. They were believers. But they had not heard of the Holy Ghost. The come through there. And we know they were baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues. Now going back right here. Listen. This morning. Joel began to compare the coming of the Spirit to the early rain and the latter rain. You see, early and latter rain were very, were terms that the Jews were very familiar with, if you could say. The early rain prepared the ground for the seed. And the latter rain fell 
at the time of the grain harvest. I'm going somewhere with this this morning. In Deuter we can read about that in Deuteronomy 11 and 14. Then I will give you the rain of your land in his due season. The first rain and the latter rain. That you may gather into corn your wine and your oil. So what do we see here? How do we compare this? Right here. First of all, we got to talk about the early rain. The early rain was the most first major outpouring of the Spirit of God. It's recorded in Acts chapter 2 right here. It was the Spirit that was poured out on the early church. This concerned the growth of the church. When you begin to understand what the, how the empowerment of the Spirit was upon them. Look at Peter's preaching. Look how the Word of God grew. Look how people come to follow Christ during that time of the early rain. Man, one time this Peter, we know who was a coward that denied Christ three times. It wasn't long that after that, that he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. He was standing up defending Pentecost. Then he, we see that he preached uh, almost 3,000 were added. Then another time, 5,000 were added. We see the growth of the church right there. But you see, it was ensuring its germination, growth, and development here. That's what the early reign established, if you will. Now, what are you talking about the latter reign? I'm telling you, the latter reign is where we are at right now. Hello, same spirit. But understand what I'm talking about. So we see the letter ring had to do with the, the maturity of the crop and immediately before the harvest. And I'm telling you, this spirit, this right here, the letter ring tells us we are at the end of time. Hello. This letter ring being poured out tells us. Harvest time's here. Yeah. This latter rain tells me Jesus is on his way back. You say, where did the latter rain start? Well, let me just give you some church history right here. You got the, some type things are recorded in the history of the church. Well, after the apostles had went home to the glory, after John the Beloved being the last one to die, what happened? The church, sadly, during that time period, and regrettably begin to apostatize after about two generations then where it morphed into was what we would know as the Roman Catholic system which plunged the world into the dark age until the reformation during those dark times very few were saved and precious few were baptized in the Holy Ghost why did that take place because during that time when the Roman Catholic system there they locked up the Bibles, literally locked up the Bible where people could not get a hold of it, if you will. And they basically quit preaching the gospel. Now, then there was a man by the name of Martin Luther who got a hold of the word. And he mailed his theists to the wall. And it, what he began to preach was justification by faith. Hello. How many know we're saved by faith and by the grace of God this morning? Right. Not by works this morning. Right. You see, during that time of the dark ages, when the Bibles were locked up, how Lord, nobody could grab a hold of it. The word wasn't being preached. Then Martin Luther began to 
grab a hold and begin, and God began to move during the justification by faith again. And it began to be preached again. And it began to get understood again. Then at the approximate time of the 20th century, the Lord once again began to pour out His Spirit on searching, seeking hearts. Individuals would begin to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues like the early church. Read the Azusa Street. Read what happened at Azusa Street. He even in the church of God. From my neck of the woods down there. Around Murphy, North Carolina. Deep in the woods. Groups of ministers were not happy. With what were just going through the motions. And they got from these different denominations. Seeking, seeking more of God. But during that time. Let me tell you what happened. People were bad. They began as they got hunger for God. Man, they were being baptized in the Spirit of God. And let me tell you, the Holy Ghost got poured out around Murphy, North Carolina, and get moved, get moved to a group called the Christian Union that later began to be known as the Church of God and also when the Church of God and the Church of God of Prophecy worked together. And that's where we all began at the Church of God. You can go down there to a biblical park for you to get in if you're down that way called the Field of the Woods yep. and see all that. They got a replica of the Ten Commandments. They got the replica of the tomb and they have all kinds of biblical things there but you can go see places where the, the Spirit come out at. Some years ago I was told from a pastor that a man in his church went to that marker praying for the Holy Ghost. He said about that time, or really he hadn't had the whole, got the Holy Ghost. And about that time, when he was standing out praying, a Russian body man come off the mountain. And he began to speak with tongues as the Spirit give the others. Let me tell you, it's real this morning. Yes. And I want you to know that we are in that latter rain. And that latter rain is coming down. Yeah. Oh, did you hear me? I said that latter rain is still coming down. I, I'm telling you, God is still pouring out His Spirit this morning. Yeah. I'm telling you, God is still moving this morning. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, this promise is still for you today. Yeah. Oh, hear me, Houston town. The church needs it to rain again. The body of Christ needs the rain to come down. This is Pentecost is real. Why do we need it to rain, you say? Why do we need it to rain this morning? Well, I'll tell you why we need it to rain this morning. Because if it don't rain, the land's going to dry up. And if the church goes without spiritual rain, can I tell you, the church will dry up. Yes. And here's the problem. Right. Here's the problem. Many churches ain't got, ain't got no rain. Ain't had no rain to fall in it in a long time. You see what happens? A spiritually dry church will go through the motions. They'll never see a move of the Spirit. They won't see no one coming to the Lord. They ain't going to see no answer prayers. All they're going is just going through the motions. Let me tell you, I'm Pentecostal born, I'm Pentecostal bred, and when I get raptured, I'm going to be Pentecostal raptured. 
We know the blood of Jesus saves us, but that's just a little saying yeah. I got. But it's a shame that many don't even know what the Spirit of God is all about. There's many that don't even know what Pentecost is. They don't know what Pentecost is. Hello. They ain't seen a move of the Spirit in their day. Let me tell you why. Because there's a lot of dry ground in the houses of God. There's a lot of dryness that is going on in the house of God. Even in our Pentecostal churches. They're more dry. They're dry. They're dry as well. Because they don't preach Pentecost no more. They don't preach the coming of the Holy Ghost. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. The outpouring of the Spirit. Listen. No wonder they ain't seeing moves of God. No wonder the church ain't seeing the move of God. Because many in the church don't want it to rain anymore. They like to dry in the summertime. I don't know about you. But I need some rain. I don't know about you. But I can't speak to another church. But the Houston Town Church of God. Don't need a drizzle. It don't need a drip. It needs a downpour. That's that rain that I'm talking about this morning. See, what we've got today in a dry land is what Timothy described in 2 Timothy 3 and 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. They got a form, but they ain't got the power. Hello? They got a form of godliness. You know what a form is? It's an outline. But on the inside, there's nothing. I want to tell you, it's a shame when Pentecostal churches got Pentecost on the door, but they ain't no Pentecost on the inside. You know what I'm talking about. What's happened to come dry. Let me tell you, I'm going to say this and I don't mean it wrong. I don't believe God made his ministers to be dry. I believe he believed he made his ministers flames of fire. Hello. I'm telling you, that rain needs to move. See, without that spiritual rain, it's going to not only dry, but things are going to fade away. How many ever seen a drought? How many know what happens in a drought without rain? It don't die all of a sudden, does it? You know what happens? They begin to fade a little bit. They begin to fade right here. Here's some from flowers. Glad I found this. This works good. You know what? I got leaves in my hand. I listen to them. They're dry. You know what? They crumble away. They're no good. Dead. Pretty much dead. They got a little form. But when you touch them, they get. That's the way a lot of people are. Spiritually dead. See, because not only were you going to wither. See, that one time, them leaves were alive. One time, them leaves were red. Come off them poinsettias. You know what? Over time, they died. And the leaf, that's the remainder of the leaves just crumbled away. See, that's what happens when they ain't no rain. Things are going to die. Churches are going to die. You see, this is what happens when eventually... 
You know, you can go without water for a long term. In a drought, eventually your grass going to die. Your crops are going to die. Your garden crops are going to go away. Listen and listen. Without that spiritual rain, let me tell you, the church is going to die. Hello. Without that spiritual rain coming down, let me tell you, a church will die spiritually. Or a believer will die spiritually. Listen, what do you mean? I said the Sardis church. How many know I told you, I've been teaching on Revelation. One of the things that, that I mentioned was the Sardis church. And what they had a reputation of being alive. But you know what Jesus said? He said they had, even though Sardis had a name for itself. But even though people thought the Sardis church was alive. Jesus said the shortest church was nothing but dead. You know why they died? Let me tell you. All these churches started out on the right foot. Only two remained on it. But can I tell you why I believe the shortest church died? Because they didn't have no rain. Hello. They didn't have no rain. I, gosh, I don't want to go into a church that ain't got the Spirit of God in it. I don't want to go into a place that's got Ichabod written on the door. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't want to go into a place that feels like I'm in a corner. Yeah, right. Hello. Amen. Hello. Amen. I'm telling you, there's a lot of places that wouldn't like my moving around in the churches. Wouldn't like me getting up on a pew a little bit and getting a little bit happy. Anybody know what I'm saying? I'd be kicked out with some of the things I say. I'm going to be honest with you. I know one time years ago, I didn't go mention church because I enjoyed preaching there, but it was a non-Pentecostal church. I got invited there. And it just hit me. I said, I'm going to let it fly. That's when I started flowing. I got looks, but I kept on. Then that spirit hit me. The tongues of fire come out. Listen, it's real this morning. Listen, it's real this morning. Pentecost is real. But there's a lot of churches, whether they're Pentecostal or not, that don't know what Pentecost is. Don't know what the rain is. We need that rain this morning. If not, we're going to dry up and die just like Sardis. And this is the reason you hear me that a lot of churches are shutting up because they ain't no rain. I told you an indictment upon the church of 2022. About to say 21. I'm still getting used to saying 2022. Anybody else? Couldn't be all that. Is this a shame that the honky-tonks are open seven nights a week, but the houses of God many times barely open once? Many don't even have revivals anymore. God shows. Hello. We want the rain to fall, but we here. Uh, tell me a lot of them are trying up dying. But I'm going to tell you there's another reason why we need to rain. Because without rain, there could be no growth. How many know crops ain't going to grow without rain? Hello. How many know you're not going to grow without the rain of the Spirit of God? Moving in. We need that latter rain. Yes, 
See, that rain is needed for the workers in the field, and it's needed for the harvest, too. Hello? Hello, Joel says it's needed for the harvest. But I'm going to tell you, rain is needed for the workers as well. That rain is needed for the workers as well. Why? Because we get that rain will give us power to do the job that Jesus told us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in and earth. Now, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Listen. You know, if we go back to Acts 1 and 4. Remember I told you earlier, Jesus said, they were not, go, not to go out until when? Until they received. Remember, Jesus gave them the commandment right there. But then he said, don't leave Jerusalem until what? You being nude with power. From above, don't go preach nowhere until you receive that promise from above. Don't you go in no highways and byways until you receive that which I told you was coming. Don't go start a church until you're empowered. Hello? That's what he told them. Pretty much. You went in the upper room, and when you were in the upper room, what were they to do? They were praising and seeking God and wait, looking for the promise and waiting on the promise from above. Well, I got news for you this morning. I want you to know you don't have to wait no more because he came on the day of Pentecost. Did you hear me? I want you to know you don't have to tarry anymore because he came. Amen? He's here this morning. Did you hear me? I said he's here this morning. I, I said he's here this morning. Now, Lord, let me tell you what a job it is. What a job it is to proclaim the gospel into the world or speak of God in this demonic and ungodly world that we are living in. Yeah. Listen, I want you to know it's going to get, you're going to see more, you're going to see more wickedness in these last days. Right. You're seeing it. Yeah. You're seeing an increase of demonic activity. It's real. It's, true. it's real. Yeah. You're seeing the influence felt everywhere. Ah, gosh, I'm telling you, we're on the verge of Jesus to come in and people don't realize it. Did you know there, there's a tower being, they just give the green light for and tell the Israel that many are saying are just a replica of the tower of Babel again. God help us. We don't know what's coming, wars and rumors of war. Russia on the brink of probably invading Ukraine. And we, America, don't have no leadership. How many know that this morning? Right. We got a weak need leader yeah. sitting in the office of this land. They ain't going to do nothing about it. Let me tell you, volcanic eruptions are happening. Anybody see that underneath this? That volcano erupt? Let me tell you, you're seeing earthquakes, pestilence, severe weather, things you ain't seen before. Pestilence, I mean, let me just tell you, COVID is a pestilence. It is. And Jesus said you'd see these things. But I'll tell you right now, it's going to get worse, and I know he's a coming. 
And I know there's a devil that we're fighting. But I'll tell you right now, because that devil's a fighting Jesus said, I give you power. He said, I give you the power of the Holy Ghost this morning. That's the reason he told them not to leave. Because he knew they were going to face a devil along the way. When you start doing the work of God and when you start proclaiming the work of God, can I tell you there's a devil that's going to get in the way. There's a devil that's going to fight. I want you to know that the power of God is far greater than anything the devil has this morning. Amen? Oh, my gosh, come on. We need this day. This hour is ending up. These days are coming to a close. And what we need today is for that spiritual rain to come down. Church, it needs a rain again. It needs to start in our pulpits and go down through the pews. Amen? Oh, listen. That power to get that job done in this hour before it's over with. I want you to know that hour is coming that no man can work at the, I want you to know that power is coming that Jesus is coming for his church. But until then, we've got to have that rain coming in. We've got to have that power. Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. But that's power. But that Jesus talked about it. But listen, not only that, not only does the workers need that rain. How many know the harvest needs to rain? How many know the crops and the harvest needs rain? There's a plenteous harvest. Labors are few. That harvest needs rain as well. What ripens things up? Rain, don't it? And sunshine. I'm telling you. The harvest, that's the world. That's the lost field of the world. The, world, the field is the world. The harvest is the unsaved. You know what the world needs to see? The laborers, the church, with the power of God in it. Hello. Hello. They don't need a weak, dried up, dead and in the church. It needs to see a church full of the power of God. Amen. Right. Hello. True. That's what they need to see. A dried up church ain't going to accomplish nothing. But we need a church that's hungry. They need to see a church that's seeking the face of God. They need to see a church that's where the Spirit of God is moving it. Amen. Right. Oh, gosh, I'm telling you. I think some they need to see a church where it's a rain in Yes. They need to see a church where it sees prayers are going to be answered. Hello. Right. That starts from where there's a rain in it. Yeah. See, Paul, they need to see churches full of the anointing right. and the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't need to see a church that's just going through emotion. 
dried up, dead routines. See, they need a church that's serious about an altar again. Yes, amen. I got concerned about churches that were moved the altars. Anybody else with me this morning? Yes. I got churches that are, I got concerned that never have an altar call anymore. I still believe in the altar. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. You know, for the for the fire of God to fall, the altar needs to be repaired. Amen. Ask Elijah what he did went before then. But when you see the early church, and that is the blueprint today, you see that early church had the power of the Holy Ghost. They preached under the anointing and under the function of the Holy Spirit of God. Think about what Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 2 and 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power. Amen. Not words, but in demonstration. In other words, in action. There was action. The power of God was being never manifested. First Thessalonians 1 and 5 says, For our gospel came not only not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. And in much as short as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Right there. Gives us how the gospel should be preached. Hello. Let me show you something else. Let me give you a couple things right here that I didn't have in my notes. It just hit me. Mark 16, verses 15 through 20. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after that, the Lord had spoken unto them. He would receive into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And they went forth. After God, the Lord told them this, and he ascended, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Now, go over into Acts chapter 4. Let me show you something right here. Right, right, get, get right here. When they were in jail, they prayed for boldness to speak their word. Acts 4 and 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Man, that's a move of the Spirit. when I just told you. I ask, when's the last time our place was shaken? I asked you when the last time your house was shaking was being full of the Holy Ghost. Think about it. But I want to tell you something real quick. Somebody want to 
ringing the doorbell from Marston. I want you to know this morning that power is not for your is not for you, if you will. But what I'm saying now, that power is for a purpose. It ain't for your glory. It ain't for your profit. I don't like preachers that sell the power of God. That's right. Amen. I stay away from them. That's right. You give me a miracle, $10,000, and you'll get a miracle. Baloney. You, I've never seen what Jesus charged for a miracle. Hello. Hello. I don't buy that. They're using the power of God to make a profit off of it. And don't get me wrong, I believe if they do the work of God, we take care of the men of God. But when you start selling and propagating the work of God, there becomes a problem. Hello? There becomes an issue. That ain't what the purpose. There was a purpose for this. That power of God is not to make you rich or famous. I think sometimes the problem in many of the Christian circles is we got too many superstar preachers. And not enough John the Baptist. Hello? You know what I'm talking about? Superstar preachers. They act like they're from this and that above everybody else. Hello, I got news for you. If you want to be a superstar preacher, you're in it for the wrong reason. He ain't there to make you put on the richest things. Hello? Hello? Most pastors ain't going to get rich. Not the way the world looks at it. I'm probably more rich than Bill Gates is. Why? But just like Lazarus had more than the rich man had. Hello? I'm not talking about what's in here. I'm talking about what's in here. I'm talking about where my name's written at. You know what the Lord told the rich man? You was comforted in all your life. Now you're tormented. Now Lazarus is comforted. I guarantee you, if you could have talked to that rich man, he'd have traded everything he had to be where Lazarus was right now. That's right. But the power of God is not to, you're not to make you rich and famous. And it's not to make you to be a superstar or to bring glory to you. It is to do the work of God and to bring glory to God this way. Hello. Right. Hello. Hello. Getting up here ain't the benefit Jimmy Delta. I don't want to hear that. Right? It's the benefit. It is to proclaim him. That's to right. speak him. That's to be his ambassador. Right. Amen. Amen. That's what it's about this morning. Listen, in this day, me tell you, I'm going to tell you why many people miss the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're seeking tongues more than they're seeking the Holy Spirit. They're, speak, they're seeking an, an evidence and an event more than they're seeking yeah. Him. Yeah. That's right. You start seeking Him, He'll do the rest. Amen. You start seeking Him, He'll do the rest. But listen, it's real this morning. That Pentecostal power is real this morning. Ah, oh, Lord, we need to wake up. Smell the roses that we need that rain. There's a field out there, the world, and there's a harvest. There's a harvest in your family. There's a harvest in your household. They need it to rain. They need to see the rain. It needs to rain on them. 
Not God's help us to get the rain of God again. Let it rain down. But I'm going to tell you this morning this. God wants it to rain. Yep. God wants it to rain this morning. Yep. I told you scripture. He wants to pour his spirit out on our flesh. Let me tell you. But if you don't want the rain, God ain't going to send the rain. Amen? That's right. Amen? Amen? You got the want you got the desire to rain. The church must desire to rain. The church must desire the rain of God. But let the rain of God. We need that letter rain to fall this morning. Where we don't dry up, we don't wither away. We, don't, we need that rain to fall, let me remind you, where, where there can be growth. And I'm not talking about number wise. I'm talking about growing spiritually. That's right. Hello. Amen. I believe if you grow spiritually, everything else will grow as well. That's right. Amen. In the home life. But we need that rain to come down. You can stand in here this morning. We'll see those online tonight at six, a little bit after six.